The following episode is brought to you by Daryl Delaney, Ryan Royce, Darren Katzka, Jessica Smith, Irene Viarito, Laura Pickren, Eric Whitman, Devious Pop-Tart, Elizabeth Clark, Andy Dossett, Natasha Rallerson, Richard Cree, The Cam Family, Charles Compton, Edvarth Arnoff, Dustin Troop, Rebecca Miller, Michael Clark, and David Scrams, along with all of our generous patrons. Welcome to Eberron Renewed, and welcome to another uh, cold open introductory segment thing. Uh, we hope that you enjoyed the last one. <laughs> That's what they one, call it in the business. <laughs> uh, but as you can hear, I am not flying solo this time. I have Jeff, a.k.a. Hob, with me. He is waving, so you all can see that. So, yeah. So this segment is going to be focusing on Hob getting called out to go on a job with Kath who is our resident half-orc field leader for the crew. So, Jeff, if you don't have anything, we can go ahead and hop in and get started. I mean, I don't have anything worthwhile, so yeah, let's do it. <laughs> so, Hob, you're in the four sales. Just, you know, doing your thing, hanging out, having a, what's the name of your preferred beverage? Did we ever, I think water. Water. Yeah. Got it. It's so important to stay hydrated. Hob Hob doesn't not drink, but it's a he's an occasion guy. Yeah. Uh, you know, he the only the only idea of monkish stoicism that didn't stick with him was not being a jerk. <laughs> Which, <laughs> he still wants to be mean to people verbally, obviously, physically, but he likes to crack a joke at someone's expense. Gotcha. Other than that, like Okay. So you're sitting there with your water. It's tail end of dinner rush for four sales. So people are starting to filter out. People are having dessert. Eris is over in her booth with her earbuds in. And just for the sake of the timeline, so everybody knows, this is taking place after the Thinking Inside the Box arc, but before the Least Dangerous Game episode with Reynard. So you're sitting there and Kath walks in, which is nothing new. This is all of your all's hangout. And you see her quickly scan the room and see you. And she begins to make a, not, not like a beeline, like half running over, but she's walking with purpose in your direction. And I'm at a table. Yeah. 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 I kick if out the chair. Or I, the kick, bar. I do that. Kick out the chair across from you thing. So she just, without even breaking a stride, catches the back of the chair, sits down and scoots up. Hey, um, so I need you to come with me for a job. Yeah, right. 
Do we need to? And I start to like turn towards Eris. No, 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 no. Eris isn't needed for this gig. Right, and Hob has no problem with that. Like he knows that she's useful, but if he can keep her out of it, he. Yeah. If he doesn't, not keep her out, he doesn't have to bring her into it is a better way to say that. Yeah. He won't. What do you know about Fool's Hope? Anything? Um, I saw a guy on it uh, once, uh, but I, uh, I've never put much interest into those sorts of things. Uh, I like to stay mm, in charge of my faculties, if you will. Being perfectly honest, I dabbled in it. It gives you the sense of elation, and so I, I took it thinking it'd make me a better fighter, it'd make me uh, less hesitant, but all it did was make me reckless. Uh, so stop doing the stuff, but I, you remember that kid, Duncan? Um, I mean, are you talking about the, the, the kid that got killed the other night? Yeah. The one that chance was telling us about, uh, I mean, I, I remember as much as that. I didn't know the guy. Well, I've, I've been on my own time trying to figure out who's been selling fool's hope in the neighborhood and in all of the surrounding neighborhoods. And I've tracked them back to they're at least associated with this group that chance gave us the location of, uh, of these young idiots from the upper part of the city coming down here and messing with people's lives just for the fun of it. So I was wondering, and she kind of gets a smirk on her face. If you'd like to go display to them the, uh, the foolishness of coming down to our home and peddling their filth. You, um, are you inviting me to go rough up some punks? I am inviting you to go rough up some punks. Hob stops and he says, I feel like, um, I feel like we've reached a moment in our relationship. <laughs> and he stands <laughs> up. Shall we? Let's go. Um, as you all exit the four sales, she has a moment of revelation. She's like, we're going to have to take a cab. I forgot. Eris has our right. sky coach rigged up there right. doing gods know what with it. Who knows what? I guess Hob just whatever is customary for hailing a taxi. He assumes. I mean, that, there, there are there are sky docks that you, you all would just walk to. It was just a moment of her like realizing, oh okay. crap, we 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 can't go to the garage and hop in the car right now. We have to go this way. So yeah, you're you're able to hail a cab, and Kath gives uh, the cabbie directions. After a couple of beats, Kath turns to you, and so uh, how how are you feeling with everything? Uh, I know that work's been picking up a little bit here in the past few weeks and the last job wasn't the easiest to deal with. I know that you and I didn't see totally eye to eye on the next course of action. I right. Um, you know, it's something I've been meaning to bring up with you. Um, the way I understand it is before I got here, all the, um, 
All the muslin was left to you. Uh, I hope you don't think I've been trying to... Uh-oh. I almost said muscle in. Uh, oh, <laughs> you don't think I've been trying to uh, encroach on your other role. Um, I have a certain utility and I use it, but I would never try to uh, undermine your authority, as it were. Yeah. Uh, I, listen, I was unsure at best of you joining the crew, if we're being perfectly honest. Because I felt like I had that job covered, as it were. Once you came on board, uh, Sana had been telling me this for a while, but I discovered for myself that I have a certain aptitude for making calls in stressful situations and ensuring that the fewest amount of people that I don't want to get hurt don't get hurt. So it has been nice to be able to keep my head clear in that regard and... Uh, be less focused on punching everything and more focused on how to do the job in the best way possible. Right. I mean, you've, you've got a real tactical mind for sure. Well, thank you. I, you know, the last couple of jobs have gone pear shaped and I don't really feel like I've done the best job of stepping up in those moments, but I, this last job with Eris and that, stupid box i i was two minds about it i understood where you were coming from and the longer we held on that box the more likely she was going to do something stupid and get us all into trouble but at the same time i had my own thoughts on the situation but that's neither here nor there just i i know that if i were to look you in the eye and tell you that we need to do something a certain way we'd understand each other, right? Hey, um, you know, you got a proven track record. Uh, despite some coughs and spurts, some hiccups, but that's to be expected. Um, I got no reason not to go along with what you say. Unless your order is to harm someone I care about. In which case, you best come with some real good proof of why I ought to. I would follow you, yeah. I think that's fair. Yeah. I, if I ever give an order to harm a member of our crew, you'll have to race Sauna for the first chance to punch me in the mouth for giving that order. So, no, I, I understand. I'm not, I, I, can't, uh, I can't outrun Sauna. Oh, <laughs> uh, Sauna would die for any one of you in a heartbeat. I wouldn't, but she would. Hey, you've got the. And she she laughs to herself. At this so, point, so. the the cabbie pulls up to the sky co or to the sky dock, and you all uh, step off. And she kind of points. It's it's just right over here. I don't imagine we're gonna have too much of an issue. So right. So uh, so how much of this stuff are these guys moving in, or how much have they moved in? You know, uh, this stuff is it grows in really rare spots, and uh, it's not an inordinate amount. It's not big enough to where the clan themselves are having to deal with that this is kind of my own brand of vigilante justice that sure. we're enacting we're, we're, it's street justice we're cleaning things up yeah I, uh, so i get it <laughs> so yeah i mean if they were if they were moving truckloads of the stuff then the clan would 
probably get the whole crew together to deal with it, but this is small time stuff. Sure. I just, uh, you know, I don't want that stuff out there based on what yeah. I've seen and what you told me. Um, I don't like it. It'd be different if it were one of our own, just trying to get by because nobody else will hire. Like it, if sigil, like half the places down there don't hire Warforge. If somebody needs to make a living, that's one thing, but these kids are doing it for fun and laughing about the people that are dying. I think Hob doesn't respond this way, but that gives him a little bit of pause. Like to Hob, it's like, this drug is bad and should not be distributed. Yeah. We will find another opportunity of income for Sigil. <laughs> I know, but, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So he kind of just, but in his head, he's like, all right, this is Kath. Sometimes she says things that are a little more radical when it comes to um, just the, the idea of social inequality, the idea of wealth yeah. inequality. It's who she is, and Hob appreciates it. He, sometimes she's a little too radical for him, but he's yeah. not going to bring it up. Yeah, but, but it, it, it then becomes clear to you in this moment, you feel like anyway, that you just realize there was a bit of disconnect on this job of Hob wants to get this drug off the street. Kath wants to go punish some rich kids for mucking around in her neighborhood. Right, right. Um, in a dangerous way, but even so. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a noble pursuit beyond just, this is my turf, but it's yeah. not the most noble pursuit. Plenty of noble people come down to the neighborhood all the time and Kath's not running around punching them. They are doing a dangerous thing sure, sure, to sure, people sure, she sure. cares about. So for, for no good reason in Kath's mind. So at this point in the conversation, you kind of pause and Kath gestures at the two large wooden doors leading into the warehouse in front of you, like double doors, and gestures at them and looks at you and goes, shall I, or would you like to dramatically kick the door in? Oh, please, this was your, this is, this is your hunt. I'm just along for the ride. She looks at you at that and kind of smirks and says, I wouldn't want to go encroaching on your turf. And she kind of winks and then steps up to kick the door in. She kicks at the seam of the doors and fortunately they do open inward. So they, they come <laughs> flying in. And so as you all uh, walk in through the doors that Kath just kicked in, you see about 20 to 25 human males uh, with a varying degree of hair colors and skin tones, just standing around uh, working and they all stop and kind of turn and look at you for a beat. And Kath turns and looks at you and kind of mutters, I got to kick the door in. You can have the one liner. I say, well, you're the boss. And then he stares in the middle distance and can't think of a good one. Thanks, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what I think he actually does? Well, I think he says, uh, I think Hobbs surveys the group of these men or these people, these humanoids uh, that he's about to fight. And then he looks at, uh, at Kath and then he looks at himself and he realizes he's not even sure he's going to lose breath during this. So he says, so anyway, have you noticed what's been up with Milo lately? And he just hauls off and decks one of them thinking, <laughs> we're just going to keep talking while we clear yeah. this out. Uh, she steps up uh, a few feet away from you and kind of loudly says, 
what do you mean? What's been going on with Milo? As she shoulder like grabs one and flips them over her shoulder as he slams on the ground. And then she stomps onto his uh, shoulder uh, just to kind of extra oomph. Hub keeps walking. Uh, there's, there's, there's a table, let's say that like three yeah. of them, three or four of them are working around, but all on one side is that whole drug deal thing where everybody is working highly visibly yeah, to some sort of kingpin or the leader boss. Uh, and I think he just walks up to it. He says, well, you know, uh, lately, every once in a while, he'll get kind of inside of his own head. Hob gets down in a three-point stance, bum rushes this pit, this table, pinning all four of those guys to the wall <laughs> with it. And he says, and I swear last time I heard him say his late wife's name. And as, as you kind of turn finishing that sentence, uh, you see Kath having hopped up onto one of the tables and just is full on sprinting down the length of this long table with work supplies for manufacturing this drug. And she says just before she fully like drop kicks one of these guys in the face from a full sprint. Do you think he's thinks he's actually talking to Kylie? And then she drop kicks the guy in the face. He says, you know, I really don't know, but I'll say this. And he turns and he sees one guy who's looking kind of frightened uh, by standing by himself. Hob runs at him while screaming in a terrifying voice, but saying the mundane thing of, he seems to understand things he, would, he shouldn't know after he's done talking to her. Stops right in front of the guy, just knocks his staff on the ground. The guy faints. He goes, it's, it's weird. <laughs> you turn to see Kath has two guys pinned to the ground, kind of catty corner of each other. Like their, their heads are just next to each other while one body is on top of the other. and she is just straddling the top body and just punching both of them in the face while looking at you as you turn around. I was like, yeah, I have noticed that uh, Milo and she's still punching during this whole sentence. Sure. He seems a lot more with it than he always, not, not to say anything bad about Milo. I love the guy, but he Kylie always seemed to be the brains of their operation. And at the end of that sentence, she grabs their two heads and smashes them together as they go limp. Does she do it on the word brains? <laughs> yes, the brains of the operation. It's like gross. I was not looking for a visual aid. Uh, <laughs> how, what are we at? Like 15 guys left, probably? 12? Yeah. Okay. Hub says, you know, there's a bit of a sticky wicket um, that we should probably talk about. And while he's saying this, he's just got his arm around his arms around two guys, like as though they were buddies. But you yeah. can tell he's squeezing just hard enough to keep them in place and put the fear of God in them. Like just he's. It's one of those things he's got the backs of their necks in his elbow pit and he's just flexing just enough to make them realize this isn't going to end well for us. Well, that in the context <laughs> clues. Uh, but it looks like he's just being chummy with these two dudes. And he goes, you know, um, Eris, uh, Eris looks up to me. And well, we all do. Huh? Well, okay. Okay. Very good. <laughs> um, you know, I'm just saying uh, she's not the best at taking direction. Oh, I, I'm aware. She so, says that she pile drives one of the guys into the ground. Mm-hmm. So I hope you don't mind if sometimes I don't want you to think I'm stepping in your place. If I just repeat what you say to me, to her, 
for a possible better chance she'll do it. And it and uh, and on that he says uh, he says, you know, just to smooth things over. And at that he stretches. And you and you realize that the whole time he's been putting enough pressure on these guys' carotids that they just both fall to the ground. <laughs> the, by the end of his talk, the only thing that was holding them up was him. And so he does this big stretch above his head, and they both just... I would like to, real quick, in in the context of Kath's next sentence, establish that you you all have been working together for better part of four years now. So I imagine being two muscles in the group, similar to how Sana and her can fight together effortlessly, you all probably have establish some some verbal cues of different like setups that you do for each other in 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 fights oh. of like hey I'm, I'm about to do this thing to set you up to do another thing yes hob and kath are tag team partners for yeah. sure so but they're the kind of tag team partners that always cheat and fight at the same time yes <laughs> and so she has this this one guy and she's got his his arms crossed in front of his own neck as she has like a knee in his back and is like tightening it to cause him to cut off circulation, cut off blood flow with his own uh, arms, his mm-hmm. forearms. And she says, I listen, I, I know Eris is still. Eris is the newbie. And I, I get that even though she's been with us for long enough now. And listen, as long as the stuff gets done, I, I'm not going to mind too terribly much. Uh, and honestly, there's just times where I, I'm, I'm glad that you're around. I don't know if uh, how, how a job would go if you weren't there and Eris was. So um, I appreciate what you bring to the table in that regard. And she drops this guy as another one runs to her and she says, rolling thunder. Okay. And so this move I'm envisioning, she as this guy is running at her, she grabs his arms and she drops onto her back and uses her foot to launch the guy and flip him. Mm -hmm. And as he flies through the air, you come running up with a big boot just to his face. That causes him to like quickly, like do a backflip and crumple on the ground. I love that one. So yeah, all that to say, I, I don't mind. And there's probably like seven guys at this point left. I think I'm just going to take, take my staff and I'm going to say, I mean, you know, she respects you. And I'm going to sweep and take out three of them. Just uh, take out their knees. Like, I'm not going to like, yeah. just so they're on the ground because they're they're not getting back up. Yeah. E- no. Even if they even if they could, they're staying down. Uh, <laughs> he said, you know, she respects you. It's just, um, you know, all I do is run around and hit folks. And you got to be looking at a bigger pl- picture. You don't have time to badger her if she needs it. Same with Reynard. For that matter, uh, whereas I can take that time, I'm getting concerned about how we're describing Philip's character. I don't think she needs badgering. I think Hob thinks she sometimes needs badgering. Hob yeah, looks at and, her as a little sister. Yeah, and absolutely, I, 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 I want to reiterate that like neither of us are defining Philip's character in any way. We're just expressing these two characters' perspectives on Eris, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. And especially after what just happened with the box, yeah, Hob, in Hob's mind, she needs. More, more consistent direction when the things get heavy than yeah. than than Kath has the bandwidth to give when she's also trying to. Yeah. Well, and Kath, as she is taking a couple of the stools and chairs and she grabs the legs of two stools and smashes them on the table, breaking the rest of the stool off to where she just has two batons, essentially 
and there's a group of three that she's just whacking them on the head as she walks through them. No, and listen, I've been I've been working in these type of circles long enough to recognize the look in somebody's eye when they have a uh, a cut and run streak about them, and I know that Eris gets uncomfortable staying in one place for too long. So if you're around and that causes her to stick around, I like having her around. So you're not going to hear any gruff from me. Right. So there's one dude left and yes, he's, he must be scared. Yep. And, uh, I think I turned to Kath and I say, Hey, how do you wager? I'd look in that hat. That would that be a good look for me. Yeah. I think it'd fit you nice. So I walk up to this guy and I say, uh, are you going to stay out of this, this district? Uh, yeah. Are you going to tell your friends to keep that stuff out of this district? He just wide-eyed looks at you and just nods wordlessly. Now, are you going to give me that hat? Uh, uh, Hub just plucks it off his head. Yeah, you can have it. I. Hob does a little bow up, a little cheat, a little balk, just because at this point it's fun. Mm-hmm. And so the guy cowers a little bit more, puts the hat on his head. It's comically too small. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And he turns to Kath and he says, oh, that was great. It was a lot of fun. I like playing games like this. You want to go back to but- the sales? Oh, sorry. Pardon me. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We can we can head back there. My one flaw with playing games like this is I I am a bit of a completionist and she lightning fats turns and punches the guy in the face as he falls to the ground. Okay. Okay. We okay. Now. You know, there's there's no accounting for taste, I guess. If you want to knock them all out, you can. And as they're walking <laughs> out the door, Hob takes the hat and he just flings it over the side to go down to wherever it lands. Hello and welcome to Eberron Renewed, an actual play podcast set in the Eberron campaign setting. I'm your game master, Eric. I'm Philip. I'm Trevor. I'm Randy. I'm Jeff. And welcome to another episode. Gentlemen, what happened last time? We got a job. It's totally normal. <laughs> Eris <laughs> behaved in an entirely normal and relatable human way. Yep. What more do you need to know, Eric? I mean, uh, yeah, let's start. <laughs> we are doing a. We're doing what seems like a maybe a smash and grab kind of job, but I'm sure it won't be that simple for Eris's friend, Olive, uh, who has had some of her research stolen by um, this is part I missed stolen by a, a, a rival artificer. Essentially, a, I think he's not properly an artificer but an arri- a rival research team who wants the their work she she referred to him as a benefactor slash colleague is how that's, when she yeah. was discussing the job with you that's how she described him and we can't go past without naming him norson millhatch because yes. it is good just so good i can't wait to explain the convention that I named him after in the reviewed for this whole campaign. Cause I will not reveal it until that point. I'm looking forward um, to that. <laughs> I'm going to try to crack it. I'm Googling it now. Please do <laughs> try. Like I want to see if anybody can figure it out. Is it like your great uncle's uh, name? No, 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 <laughs> no. I won't crack it, that. It's a weird, it's a weird thing. Anyway, moving on. 
No. Um, Norse and Milhatch is a weird thing. Um, Sounds like a character on The Simpsons. Uh, also, <laughs> our our, car, our our Sky Coach now has a mind of its own. Um, yes. Oh, Aris, yeah. Eris has imbued Tasha. it with the personality of an elemental uh, that she is naming Tasha because Eris can't, and I assume humans in general, can't pronounce Auron. Okay, so uh, where we left off, you all were sitting outside of Millhatch HQ. Uh, you had seen a group of researchers and kind of the front office staff leave for the day um, at the end of the episode. Uh, picking up now, um, I will say, how? what's a reasonable amount of time that you all would sit here waiting for an opportunity before you just uh, got impatient? Well, I think we'd want it to be like dark enough where we could lurk a little easier. Skulk yeah, around. The sun has gone gone fully down. Yeah, okay. I think as soon as the sun is behind whatever tower we are currently at, uh Hob's like, all right, can we go now, please? Okay. So um let's go ahead and do a stealth check to try and get onto the roof without drawing too much attention. What I will do is I will allow one of you, whichever one, to make a check for the group. Did we decide we were going to try to go it. through the roof? Well, we were well, going to try and get a look because we can look yeah, down through right. the windows. Okay. Now that it's dark, we won't be automatically spotted. Right. I think okay. I'm stealthy. <laughs> I think Reynard is probably the stealthiest. I have a rank in stealth. I hope you're the stealthiest. Well, it sounds like Reynard. Oh, I guess I'll use a story point. Go for it. Okay. I'm going to use story a story point. point too, yeah. Let me get that set for you. Um, okay. And uh, let me double check something with the... Since you're in the boat and the stealth involves driving the boat, I'm going to add the boost die from the effect mind of its own. Tasha gets the sense that you all don't want to be seen, so... She's going to help out in whatever way she can. So go okay. ahead and roll. Uh, two purple dice is the difficulty. Nice. I did it. Okay, Yay. so that is one success for advantage. Yeah. Um, the one success, in fact, came from Tasha. So um, <laughs> thank you, Tasha. <laughs> if you've never watched a, an air gondola sneak before, <laughs> <laughs> it's <laughs> really something to <laughs> see. <laughs> I, um, <laughs> how do how do we think the boat? Um. <laughs> um. Okay, so yeah, you all are able to uh, very stealthily kind of swoop down behind the building and just very lowly come up and settle onto it. Um, it's pretty well dark, and Tasha uh, parks uh, parks herself on the top part of the roof in between all of the windows because the light is coming up and shining out. Mm -hmm. So it should obscure um, sight of the boat sitting there somewhat. Okay. Uh, the four advantage, <clears throat> Reynard, what would you like to do with those? Uh, so I'm, I'm assuming everyone made it. The, I'm not just yeah. using those advantage for everyone. Okay. Um, uh, ooh, uh, I would like to say that I, we definitely spot an easy way to get in. Okay. Um, that's, that's big enough for all of us. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, um, I will say that um, 
you, yeah, with those advantage, um, you're able to get up here and, um, the, the kind of assumption being that, um, like there, there would be security systems inside of the lab. Uh, but these windows up here, uh, with your advantage, there is a couple that it is, you are able to open them and there's not any security on the window latches themselves. Okay. Um, it, okay. at least in the current state of the lab, which is occupied. I'm assuming you all are going to peek your heads over the windows to look down and have a look-see. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Eris puts her scarf up, goggles down, um, and slips over to the window and looks in. So um, what you see when you initially look in um, is there's some Caneth lackeys running around the lab uh, prepping. Uh, you see Milhatch, Eris, um, talking with um, a impossibly large human. Uh, you would guess probably has an inch on hob and is just built. And he's definitely um, a human. He's not. Yes, you can. You can tell uh, this is a human uh, brown, tawny skin, shaved head. Reynard, your blood kind of like your blood pressure rises because you see the first person that you see standing next to this impossibly large person talking to Milhatch is the 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 lady the 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 stances lady the lady who tried to figure out the way that she was going to pose to intimidate us oh. um <laughs> all of her intimidating um, poses <laughs> she's doing one now um, she she's got a pretty good one locked in right now honestly um is she, is she power posing how did we not forget power posing <laughs> uh, as, as the as the imminent loomer in the group hob you 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 have a, at least a modicum of respect for her looming ability um <laughs> given her stature um but anyway, um, you see them talking um, and the the lackeys are kind of running around prepping something in the lab. Um, what you and you also see um, a person that looks very important kind of giving orders to the the lackeys running around. Um, this is uh, you would put another human uh, male. You would put him in his uh, probably mid to late 50s. Um, with uh, brown skin with kind of reddish undertones and a graying black beard that goes down to about his mid-chest. Olive mentioned uh, that Norson had a colleague or partner who was an actual his head, marked heir. His head assistant, Jerome. Right. And does this guy appear to have a dragon mark? You don't see one, mm -hmm. but um, this clearly is the person in charge of the Caneth people. Okay, so um, that must be Jerome de Caneth. Yes. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's that's what you see happening. Um, the uh, additional thing, given the time of day it is and whatever is going on, uh, the one big piece of equipment you see, you see lots of workbenches and everything all over the place. Um, you see a large platform at one end of the uh, the lab with a glass cylinder large enough to fit a person in it. And on top of this glass cylinder, you see a reservoir with Eris. You would estimate 30, 40, maybe even 50 um, dragon shards. Oh my gosh. 
um, in this reservoir above this glass cylinder. Um, Makes so many things. Um, you do recognize that these are um, these are Eberron shards in it. So, um, for those of you uh, who need a refresher, Eberron shards are the most common and therefore least valuable slash powerful dragon shard. So yeah, that is the situation that you see below you. One thing that you do notice, Hob, Milo, is uh, Eris and Reynard are looking at individuals. Um, you see moving out of the door, presumably towards the front of the building, just based on the geography that you know the building has. Um, <clears throat> you see the last handful of Warforged individuals that would have been working in this lab leaving. So whatever is going on, they dismissed the Warforge. So this is clearly after hours. Yes. Um, can we tell anything from the way people are acting about the conversation between Norson and um, she Big. of the excellent poses uh, <laughs> and her and her impressively large buddy? Is I guess what I'm asking is, does Norson look afraid or does Norson look like he's in charge of this conversation? Norson doesn't look afraid. Um, give me a perception check. Okay, that's two success and a threat. Um, so with the success, um, you can tell Norson is not afraid of this individual, but Norson is most definitely not in charge. Okay. Uh, whoever this large individual is, uh, even intimidating poses woman, I really wish you all would have learned her name. I do too. Um, <laughs> I would love to be able to say her name. I, um, um, Brenda. <laughs> if you want to go with Brenda for now, sure. Um, uh, but I, I, I've been calling her Posey. <laughs> Solid. Um, that works. Uh, she is not doing hardly any talking. It is this large individual that is dictating the conversation. And Norson doesn't seem afraid, but Norson certainly answers to this person in some manner. Okay, next question. This very large guy. I mean, Hobbs, how tall? Seven foot even because Eric wouldn't let me go any higher because it doesn't make sense to be taller than that. <laughs> there are humans that are taller than seven feet. I know that. No, no, I'm, I, I'm uh, uh, inquiring. Does this look like it's just a very tall person or does this look like he's three kids in a trench coat? I'm glad you asked. Um, <laughs> <laughs> business, business, business. <laughs> I'm here for a bank loan. Um, uh, no, this this just this is an uncommonly large individual. Okay, doesn't look like any kind of augmenting or anything like that. But um, this is certainly not within the parameters of what you would call normal size. Sure. Okay. I just wanted to check since we are obviously dealing with something designed to augment people. So yes, okay. there does not seem to be anything to indicate to you that that is what's going on. Okay. So there's big guy, Posey, and the two lab workers are all that's left? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, big guy, Posey, Norson Millhatch, the lab assistant, and then a, a small crew of people running around prepping things. Okay, so not just the four. I, no, I, no, no, I, no. I missed the crew. I thought the crew was the Warforged leaving. My bad. No, 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 no. Um, Do we see the location of an office? 
You do see a desk in the corner that seems to be kind of a makeshift office that's part of the lab. Is there um, a big notebook on it labeled in enormous font? <laughs> Property no. of Olive DeCaneth. Um, no. Uh, there is, however, a large safe behind it. Oh, good. I don't know. We had a really easy time getting to a safe last time. Uh, question. Mm. Is the safe so large that it might hold a room with an arcane, with an eldritch machine in it? Well, that other safe was not big enough to indicate that either. But oh, was it um, not? Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, it was big enough to be a door that we could walk yeah. through. So No, th- this is a large filing cabinet that has the door of a safe on it, basically. Okay. So, okay. Um, we clearly can't just go down there and look around. Right, right. It um, appears as though we have a fight on our hands. Yes, I think you're probably right. Hub grins a little. Because he's a big dude. Is he is he as broad? Like, is he proportionally broad? Or is he like minute bowl? No, he's he's also okay. wi- wider than Hob. Um, I have to hurt him. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, as you all are talking and observing, you see some kind of finality and gesturing from the large individual. Um, and Norsen kind of nods and turns to start walking towards the rest of the lab. And uh, the large man and Brenda turn and beginning heading towards the door that the Warforged walked out of. Oh, now I'm torn. (laughs) I mean, it seems like it'd be if they're if they're just going to leave that means that there's no one in there that that's going to put up a fight and we could we could get it back without hurting anyone and maybe we could actually find out something about that as you're as you're talking and finishing that thought Eris um you see Jerome step in front of Norson and they seem to be having an argument of some kind as Norson is removing in my brain, they have lab coats on. Sure. So I'm going to say there's lab coats in Eberron deal sure. with it. Why wouldn't audience. there be? Um, <laughs> Why wouldn't there be lab coats in Eberron? <laughs> so yeah, he's removing People have clothes. They want to keep clean. <laughs> um, Norson is taking off his lab coat as Jerome is standing there, like trying to stop him and Norson pushes past him and is walking up onto the platform. Um, I think they're about to do something. Oh, yeah. And I think it'd be really bad. I don't think it's a very good idea if he gets in that. Are the, are, are, are big and imposy out the door? Yeah, they're gone. Um, okay. And Norson is stepping into the glass cylinder. That was really solid. Big and posy really sounded like big and imposing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think Hob just drops down in the room. How, wait, how, how how big of a drop <laughs> before he makes that decision? <laughs> he, oh, this this is a warehouse. So you're talking about a thirty to forty foot drop. Okay, I genuinely down. didn't realize that it was a warehouse. Yeah, uh, you all are you are up high looking down. I guess Hob doesn't drop into the room then. I mean, you can. <laughs> wait, you got to wait for Milo to climb on your back first. I will. There, there will be fights. There will be physical fights. 
if um, this if, if, if this happens again. I know. You you all yeah. now see uh still not able to hear what's going on. Norson screaming at Jerome from inside the glass cylinder. Uh and no- Jerome is standing at some kind of apparatus with oh. arcane symbols on it. Is there maybe anything we, we can do? I, I You you all have rope and stuff. Like yeah. you have adventuring packs. Like you can repel in. Then I do. Well, okay. It'd be quicker to go through um, the dock door or something. Uh, I think I think I think Hobbs Hobbs going. Hobbs done. Yeah. Hobbs, Hobbs going. Yeah. Eris lifts the window. Um you have declared Hobbs going. I didn't have time to augment you. Sorry. It's all right. Um, um, is, you can do it in combat. Mm-hmm. Is there... Uh, Jerome is standing in front of an apparatus? Jerome is interacting with, with a panel of some kind. So I want to put a bolt in that panel. Okay. Um, from your position, like yeah, shoot I'm not. In. Co- I'm not going down there. There's people down there who might punch me. Okay, so that is going to be th- this shot is going to be extreme range. Like it, it's a sniper shot. Um, in in this type of setting, so that's four purple. All right. Uh, let's see. And that. why not? You're shooting a magical piece of technology. We're gonna upgrade that. <laughs> To be three purple, one red. Okay, I want to take a maneuver to aim. Okay. And I want to take a couple of strain and aim again. Okay. So now I've got three blue and I will flip a story point. Okay. And I am now content with the pool. Whoa! (laughs) So that is two two success, four advantage, and a triumph. So Eris, once she throws the the window up, she just sort of lays down on the roof, lays the Fletcher out in front of her, looks through the new scope, which she hasn't actually shot at anything since attaching the scope, um, because we managed not to shoot at anybody the entire last job, which is really impressive. Um, and just breathes, breathes, and as, I want it to be like, as Hob lands, like as Hob hits the ground, superhero posed, um, Eris fires, and the, the flechette just smashes right through the panel. The, a bunch of advantage. Uh, my intent was to disable the panel, but I don't know whether we're using Star Wars logic. Um... Does the hit itself disable the, the panel? Because otherwise I will use advantage to do so. No, the, the hit itself does not fully disable the panel. Okay. Um, so, I, yeah. Can I use those for advantage to disable the panel? Yes. Ba- basically, it's going to require a full-on check from somebody to try and get this thing going again. Okay. And with the triumph, when I disabled the panel, it also locked whatever cylinder Norsen is in. Uh... Okay. I love it. Okay. Um, so, Hob, you're on the ground. Milo, Reynard, were you also dropping in? Yep, I am. Uh, good question. I think uh, Eris stayed up. Because yeah. she shot. So to take, to, yeah, to take her shot. Okay. 
Uh, I think I I stay up too and have my bow ready. Okay. And Milo would like to have ducked right. by Hob and touch Hob to cast barrier on him. Well, that's we, we are possible. That will be on your turn because we are about to enter initiative. Um, so if everybody wants to go, um, you can uh, roll either cool or vigilance uh, since you all are getting the drop on people. Okay. So first up, we have a PC slot. So we have Milo and Hob on the ground. We have Reynard and Eris up top. Um, uh, Milo, Milo like you to... could take this to go ahead and cast barrier. Yes, please. Milo wants to okay. reach out and cast a barrier. Okay, so the uh, difficulty for barrier is two, correct? One. Um, no, one. And th- then do you want to add any additional effects onto uh, it? Nope, nope. We're just going to go for the basic barrier. <laughs> Not going to go for the empowered? All, all right. No, we're going to keep it simple and uh, hopefully it'll work. Okay, yeah. so that is three success, one advantage. That's enough to get an extra point of damage reduction. So, Hob, basically your soak increases by two. And um, he gets a further yeah, reduce awesome. at one for every uncancelled two successes beyond the first. <clears throat> I already included that, Randy, because oh, it's okay. normally one and then you got three. So, yeah. Okay. Um, Go ahead. What would you like to spend that advantage on? Uh, got to take two strain. Um, advantage. Let's see. Since I can't really think of anything real quick, how about I give a boost to Hob on his first you can, go around? You can here. pass a boost to the next. You can pass a boost to the next person. Yeah, well, whoever goes next. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, next up is an NPC slot. Uh, so we're going to have Jerome, uh, attempt to fix the panel. So Jerome, like, sees this happen, sees Hob and Milo, and you hear him utter a curse under his breath as he, um, does the, uh, does the Fletchet actually shoot bolts? Yeah, she's little, she's basically like a little two inch long metal spike with, um, so Jerome pulls that out and is going to make a, uh, artifice check to try and repair this machine. He is going to flip a story point to try and increase his chances. So two advantage. So he can't get the machine to work again. Um, With his uh, two advantage, um, he is going to... He's going to take a maneuver, um, a Freeman. Well, he gets a maneuver, but um, he is going to, you see underneath his shirt and his coat, uh, all along his back, lines begin to like trace and glow as he activates his dragon mark. Oh, it's big, um, <laughs> bigger than olives. Um, and uh, he concentrates for a second. So doesn't do anything for him now, but in the future, perhaps. Uh, next up, we have a PC slot. Yes, I am there on the ground. So, so the pic- the picture that you have now that you've made your presence known mm-hmm. is um, you have Norsen in this glass cylinder trying to push it open, Jerome fiddling with the panel, 
but the research assistants uh, have stopped and turned to you um, and they all have like tools, but they're clearly like somebody is coming to threaten our livelihood, our boss, our research. So we're, we're prepared to fight. So how many of them are there? There's two groups of three. Okay. Can I address all six with one check or do I need to do it as groups? It would be as groups. Okay, then in that case, uh, snarf. I was going to see if I could just get them to all sit down so I don't have to take some of them out. But... All right. I am going to. Could use your heroic ability to just take out a group right now. Yeah, but I'm waiting for that despair when the Warforge show back up. <laughs> yeah, they were just on a coffee break. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, hey, I... we heard something going on in here. I just. I. I, just, I know Eric, and if a despair shows up, either Big and Posey or uh, the Warforged are showing back up. And if it's the Warforged, I can take them out. So I think that I will. Yeah, I think I'm just going to try to talk to one of the groups with my first turn right now. Okay. Uh, one of the two sets, uh, I'm just going to simply say, I'm talking to all six of them. We'll say it only affects one group. How's that? If it, if it succeeds, how's that? Say, sure. um, I'm going to give you one opportunity. To, to, uh, to make sure you walk out of this unscathed. If you'd like to put down the implements that you're holding, and I point to the far corner of the room from an, from an exit door. If there's only one door, I point to the far corner of the room. I don't want them running and getting anybody. Say, just go have a seat facing the wall over there. I'm assuming... People in timeout. <laughs> I'm assuming by the nature of the way this played, I don't have to directly threaten them to use coercion. No, no, that's fine. <laughs> Okay, so um, let me get their difficulty set. Sure. There we go. Okay, go for it. Okay. Uh, two failure, on. two failure, two advantage, and a triumph. What? <laughs> so they are not <laughs> going to go sit in timeout. They seem to be steal their resolve against you. Like, who is this guy think he is to walk in here? What would you okay. like to do with the advantage and the triumph? Advantage, I'll just pass. Uh, with one, I'll pass to the next person. Um, oh, you should have had a boost die because of... Wait, yeah, because of Randy's check. Let me roll that real quick. Okay. Another advantage. Three advantage. Okay, in that case, I think... Because I don't have any, like, strain or anything I need to deal with. Okay, yeah, with the advantage, I'll just pass... Um, I can do a targeted boost, huh? Uh, Yes. Okay. Um, are you guys planning on staying on the roof? Because I will give you guys boosts because your shots are going to be hard. Uh, for the moment, yes. Okay, yeah. Eris gets a boost to her next shot. Or the next thing she does with two of the advantage. Uh, the other advantage, let's just say... Here's what, let me tell you what I want for my triumph, and you tell me if this is dumb. I want for my triumph to be that they're... They've shrugged this off, but now they're kind of like... They stood up to me. They're in fight mode. They're not looking to run away and get somebody else. Is that too much? Oh, that they, they are committed to fighting you? Like, there's not a chance of them going to raise the alarm? Is that yes. What you're yes. Yeah, that's fine. All right, that's what I want for the triumph. And honestly, I will just let that other advantage go out to the sea because I can't think of what to do with it unless when you guys have a good idea for a single. Uh, I can't think of anything, Pigs. All right, I'm happy um, with that. I'm happy with that turn. Uh, I 
here for one advantage um basically the way they've configured themselves as they like make their stand um there there is a pathway where if somebody wanted to go to the safe to start addressing that and trying to just literally smash and grab um before this fight finishes uh there there is a pathway that is available to them to do that so that sounds great Nice. I, that I, I would have never, I would have never said that for a single advantage, but I'm going to let you do it. So, <laughs> um, okay, uh, another PC slot. So, Eris or Reynard. I mean, I was just going to use my bow and take a shot, I guess. Okay, but I don't want to aim to kill, do I? I mean, you could go get the safe. Can I rappel down and go to the safe in the same? turn it cost you, you could, a strain probably but it, it cost you two strain to take two. an additional maneuver to run over but yeah that's right too um yeah i'll do it why not which since okay okay so <laughs> um while uh hob is making his intimidating speech you just see reynard just slide down a rope behind him and then just over to the safe um so yeah reynard um unlocking the safe is not going to be an easy task um because i'm going to use a story point to upgrade it once and that actually gives it two red one purple is your difficulty uh what do i have to use again skullduggery okay um well I would like to use a story point as well. Okay. I am ready. Oh, oh. just one failure. Just failed. Um, <laughs> so th- this isn't a situation where like you try it once and oh, that didn't work. So try to find like you can try to unlock this thing again. Like it's a it's a process, Reynard. So, okay. Um, if you want to uh, on your next turn. So, yeah. Okay. NPC turn as Reynard's over there trying to you you turn the thing you think you hear it click and you go to move the handle and nope not quite there um okay um this NPC turn is going to be um one of the groups is going to run up on Hob uh to attack so that is going to be with their various weaponry to difficulty and there are three of them, so that would be two yellow, one green. Uh, I was about to get hit. Four yep. success. So um, before your soak, that is going to be ten damage as they run up with like various tools and like wrenches and stuff and just start whacking at you. Um, okay. N- no advantage or anything, so they can't do anything with that. Um so and your soak is currently what with barrier on it six six okay so you take four damage Mm -hmm. it is in there all right um yeah so they they rush up on hob the other three seem to be prepping themselves eris what are you doing um you've seen radard run over to the safe but seems like he's struggling to get it open um is there any evidence as as to whether jerome has noticed uh, Reynard yet? Uh, based on all indications that you can see, Jerome is focused on this panel. 
Is the panel the sort of thing where I can do any more damage to it by continuing to shoot it, or is it is it essentially in a broken state and he's trying to fix it? Yeah, he's trying to. Yeah, it's it's in a broken state currently. Okay, so, um, in that case, I uh, will shift my attention and I will. Sh- can Tasha go somewhere if I tell her to? No. No. That, okay. That's yeah. All right, then uh, since everybody's down there and we need to get away quickly, I'm going to go get the ship and bring our ride down to the level where now everyone is so that they don't have to scale a rope to get out of this uh, this situation. So Eris slings the Fletcher, climbs back up, mounts mounts into the sky coach, um, and I'm going to fly it down to the level that we're on. Um, I'm not going to put it right in front of the door because that would be really obvious, but... Okay. Uh, and then I'll start heading towards the front door. Okay. But I assume all Uh-oh. of that together is my turn. Yeah. Okay. The um, other group is going to rush up on Hob. Actually, you know what? Milo's standing there too. They're going to attack Milo. See, and that's where I messed up. Oh. Oh, wait, but they failed. They failed with a advantage and a triumph. So they can't crit on, on Milo. Um, so Milo, you're, you're a halfling, you're smaller than them. So you're able to kind of bob and weave and duck and move. Um, but that, that puts you in a bad position, Milo. So whatever check you make next, you're going to have a setback die. That's how they're going to use their advantage with their triumph, because it's just kind of the crux of this encounter right now. What I'm going to use it for is, um, they are going to... Uh, basically, uh, Jerome's going to get a free artifice check right now as he's trying to frantically repair the panel. <laughs> Two failure and four advantage. Why? Um, I broke that thing good. <laughs> um, well, because it was out of turn, I didn't take his mark into account on that check. I just treated it like the previous one. But yes, you did break that thing good. Um, four advantage. Okay, I know what the four advantage... I'm going to use all four advantage on a single thing, but it's not apparent to you all right now. So, um, it will reveal itself in time. Okay, and that brings us to Norsen's turn. Uh, because Norsen has been, uh, so inhumanely locked in his glass cage of emotion, uh, he (laughs) can't do anything. He's banging on the glass, trying to, uh... (laughs) Trying to get out... Um, and he can't do anything. So, uh, moving on, uh, PC slot, top of the next round. Who would like to go? Let Hob do some things. Yeah. Let, let Hob go and see if he can clear some of his. Hob wreck something. Now I can still maneuver and then do my, what, what's it called? My special action. Your heroic ability. Heroic ability. Yeah, right, because that just counts yeah. as an act. Okay, so f- uh, for my maneuver, I think that Hob is going to look at um, what just happened to Milo, and we haven't had a lot of chance to explore it, but Hob does like have a huge soft spot for Milo, and Milo is the one that came down here just to cast something to make sure that he was safer. So... I think Hob is going to um, uh, just yell at the... No, because that doesn't work. 
the mechanical effect of this is I'm placing bodyguard on Milo so that any attack against him is upgraded now until the end of my next turn. But I'm trying to figure okay. out a way to narrate that. Ooh, I have an idea. Would you let that? Would you allow this? I'm going to use my heroic ability and I'm going to take out my group of minions that's on me. Okay. Could that just narratively frighten one of those guys so much when he saw it that he kind of backs off Milo and there, therefore the difficulty is upgraded for just just narratively, obviously. Yeah, yeah, narratively, sure. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, so the outcome of that, Milo, is next time they try to attack you, if they do on this turn, they're getting an extra... Um, how does it work? They would get... Their their difficulty is upgraded. So it's right. normally two purple. It would be one purple, one red. That's right. Okay. So anyway, and then I and then I just take the... There's three guys on me, right? Mm-hmm. Using my heroic ability, I think I take two, just knock their heads together, and they're down. They crumple to the floor because they were attacking me with ballpoint pins or something. <laughs> Third guy's like on my back doing that thing where he's like, he's up on you and he's like trying to hit you in the in the, in the delt and the traps and like just mm-hmm. whatever. I reach behind me, grab him by his collar, flip him over myself, and I'd like to say that he slams into the glass container that Wilson's in right now and, and falls to the ground. With the, I mean, uh, he, with the yeah, he sound. can do that. Yeah. yeah. That's um, what happens to him. And they are out of the fight now. And then having awesome. seen that, at least one of the people that is looking at Milo just loses a little bit of vigor, maybe. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Um, NPC slot. Um, Jerome's going to Jerome using the full ability of his mark now, though, on his artifice check. um, He is going to... I would like to the story point and upgrade his check. Okay. Oh. The difficulty. And we should have flipped two for Jeff's, so that means that all of the story points are mine now. Um, So... Actually, you know what? I think I want to, if I may, burn two strain to take another maneuver at the end of my turn. Okay. I just want to get up in Jerome's area. Just move over there so Jerome can see there's somebody okay. else by the panel. Okay. Just because I have all the story points and I don't like that as a GM, Jerome's going to spend one. Ah. Okay. So that is two success, one advantage. Just so the listeners know, the pool that was just rolled <laughs> two red, one purple, four yellow, and a green. The machine whirs back up um, as and you you all hear a grinding noise as the glass cylinder is shaking um, and uh, and Norson kind of steps back um, and then Jerome uh, hops down off the uses a maneuver to hop down off the platform uh, Hob and he just kind of squares up and looks at you like not doing anything yet. He's just preparing himself. Next PC slot. We have Reynard, Milo, or Eris. Well, I'll just take another go at that safe. Okay. Um, your check last time was just a failure. Do you want to spend a story point to upgrade your check? Um, I don't think I will. Or how many are left? One. I can't see. There's one, only yeah. one, but but this is literally the reason you're here. Like, yeah. Okay, then yes, I will. So I don't think anybody would begrudge you for. And don't worry, I'll use some. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> I used one last time, I believe. Yeah. So um, I'm not going to use one this time. Um, 
So I have everything set for you, uh, Reynard. So go ahead and roll. Uh. Oh. oh. I so think I did. I do it. <laughs> one success, two threat, and a triumph. Nice. So, um, so yeah, you you hear the safe door click, and um, two threat. The two threat are going to result in something going on with the machine. Oh dear. So, um, what do you want to use the triumph for, though? Can I eliminate those two threat? <laughs> 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 Um, well, I would like to, uh, so I'm going in this, it, it's a, is it a safe set of, like you can go in or just like a little. It is. Safe? Yeah. You do not see a big room beyond. Um, okay. It is just a regular safe that you reach in. Okay. And so the, I was going to ask see a lot of paperwork. I just take it all. Uh, <laughs> <You> uh, <can. laughs> well, well, my, my thought is I would like to very quickly, uh, get it and be on my way either to the well I would assume to the car because didn't you pull it around Eris yes the car is around I'm sorry I you're fine Eric it's the first um, time it's finally it's finally <laughs> happened <laughs> um so I I mean I think that would be important to just get out of the way of danger with what we came here for right yeah yeah so yeah you just can make a beeline uh straight out um basically what what I am mechanically allowing you would normally take your maneuver and that would get you to like the front of the warehouse near the exit door um with your triumph you can take an additional maneuver for free without spending the extra strain to get the rest of the way out once you get into the front of the building um, just speaking from a narrative standpoint, Eris, you've parked the car. You're coming around. I assume your intention was to come in and help. Yeah, I was going to burst through the door. Reynard, you're running out with... Did you say you grabbed all the papers or just the papers you were supposed to grab? I think I just grabbed all of them. <laughs> Please grab all the papers. <laughs> That's good. That's good, yes. though, because I don't know if this is supposed to get back to Olive or not. Trace back to Olive. We take right. them all. Make sure the papers we were looking for are there. <laughs> nope. Um... <laughs> So you grab yes. all of them. You're running. Eris, you're running in um, after having parked the car. And you both run into the front office reception area that Olive had mentioned. Um, and this is some stuff that happened earlier in the encounter coming to roost. Uh, you all stop as you see standing around the desk, Posey. Uh-huh. <laughs> looking at paperwork. And she stops and looks at and sees both of you running in is like, well, funny running into you here. End of episode. Nice. Thank you all so much for listening. Uh, if you want to be part of the conversation, you can head over to our Facebook group, The Geek Pantheon. We are also on Twitter and Instagram at The Geek Pantheon. And we have a Discord uh, that's titled The Geek Pantheon. Uh, but you can find the link on the Geek Pantheon website, thegeekpantheon.com. Um, we also have a Patreon, patreon.com slash thegeekpantheon, with all sorts of wonderful tiers. Um for example, a lot of people have been asking about our conversion to Genesis and where they can find all the work that we've been doing. The answer is in the DM Spellbook tier on Patreon. Um, so if you want to take a look at that, that's where you find it.
Um, we are also proudly part of the D20 Radio podcasting group. Uh, if you want to head over to d20radio.com and hit the podcast tab, you can find all sorts of wonderful podcasts, including the Forge podcast, which if you're listening to this show and you want to play Genesis, that is a great place to go listen uh, because GM Chris and GM Hooley do a phenomenal job of breaking down all things Genesis. And every other uh, episode, I'm over there doing Eberron Reforged, explaining uh, the Eberron conversion in detail and talking to them about it so yeah anyway uh thank you all so much for listening once again i'm your game master eric i'm philip i'm trevor i'm randy i'm jeff we'll see you next time